So we're continuing on the gifts of the Spirit. God's gifts to the body for the purpose of what? Of establishing Jesus as Lord. That's what the gifts are for. They're for the body to establish Jesus as Lord. In the church? Yes. To establish Jesus as Lord in the church. For the lost? Yep. The gifts are there to establish that Jesus Christ is Lord for the lost. In the entire world? Absolutely. These gifts are freely given by God. They're not earned. They're not rewards for spiritual maturity. And the cool thing about that is that's why baby Christians or children can operate in the gifts. Before Paul lists some spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, he reminds us why they are given and who they are for. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And then Paul goes off and he lists nine gifts. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gift of faith, gifts of healing, working of miracles, prophecy, the ability to discern between spirits, gifts of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Then Paul reminds us again who's in charge of distribution. Verse 11. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as He wills. One person might flow in two or more of these nine gifts that are listed in 1 Corinthians 12. Heck, one person might flow in all nine of these. Whereas another person might flow in one of these. And even at that, maybe just very randomly. Praise God that God is not limited by these nine gifts. This isn't the extent of of the gifts of the Spirit. These nine are not the only gifts given by God for the sake of establishing Jesus Christ as Lord in the church, as Lord in the world, as Lord to the lost. So He's given you the gift of leadership. Yeah, but I, I want to operate in the gift of working of miracles. Well, take it up with distribution. Okay? Because God is the one who gives the gifts. I want to make it abundantly clear tonight. I think we all know this. But see, this word isn't limited to the people within this room. Because we're going to go out and we're going to talk about this. And we're going to share about this. And this is going to be in conversations. And we need to be clear on the fact it is God who gives gifts. person might flourish in a gift only once and then never again. Sometimes a gift of the Spirit may reside permanently in a person. And other times we may be flowing in the gift of the Spirit without even realizing that we're flowing in the gifts of the Spirit. You ever have that where you're like, man, I just really feel like I was under the anointing tonight. I just really felt the anointing of God and what I was doing. Yeah, and you know what, brother? You're, you were, and you were totally flowing in the word of knowledge, and you flowed in the word of wisdom. And man, I, I, as you were speaking, I, I just the gift of faith rised up. 
It wasn't just an anointing. You were flowing in the fullness of the gifts. Man, that was awesome. A lot of times we flow without even realizing it. Why? Because we shouldn't be focusing on the gifts, but on what God wants to do. What the result is of what God wants to do. Our focus should not be on the gifts. Our focus should be on Jesus Christ. On Him him being established as Lord. Man, if someone is in need of a touch, if someone's in need of, of healing, Jesus wants to be just solidified as Lord in that person's life for that moment. What does He use to do it? He uses a willing vessel and He uses the gifts. And the Holy Spirit brings that thing into operation and there's power. And Jesus Christ is glorified. There's this quote by Brother Yoon, a remarkable Christian minister whose life is a testimony of God's power. Even to the point that God, he was imprisoned and God told him, just walk out this prison. A prison that to date, only one person's ever escaped from, Brother Yoon. And the Lord said, just walk straight out the hall. But Lord, there's guards. They're not going to see you. Just walk straight out. And he's alive today, ministering in another country, not in China. Brother Yoon, is, his life is a testimony of God's power. And he has this quote. Do not be satisfied with, with God's calling or his gifts in your life. Be satisfied with Jesus Christ himself. Friends, we seek Jesus and we run to the love of the Father, not the gifts. That said, he's a good, good father and he does not mind us asking for gifts. He doesn't mind it. Even though our focus is Jesus, not the gifts, He doesn't mind us asking for the gifts. But what He asks is a heart that's receptive to receive the gifts that He wants to give. See, we hear all the time that God is not a respecter of persons. That's right. He's loving and He's giving and He's powerful and He's mighty to save all. But just because the Lord's given this brother one gift does not mean he's a respecter of persons if he doesn't give this sister the same gifts. He's got gifts for her. And he's God, and he will give as he pleases. He's in charge of distribution. Might not be the same gifts. Our heart is to be one of gratitude, of willingness to be used, of thankfulness. Question. After you've been given use of one of these nine gifts that I just read off quickly from 1 Corinthians 12, does the name change? What do I mean by that? After I receive and demonstrate the spiritual gift of prophecy or tongues, do they become renamed gifts of the harper? But they were given to me. I operated in them. No. They remain gifts of the Spirit. For too many reasons. We see, and, we, and I know what they are because we seek validation. We seek validation on every level. We, we like to personalize these gifts. We're so thrilled when we get used in a gift. And, and the first thing we often do is we say, This is my gift! This is my gift. This is the gift of the harper. I I prophesy. That's my gift. I speak in tongues. That's my gift. Leadership. That's my gift. TK tells a great story that I was reminded of today where the Lord's like, really, those are your gifts? How about if I just lift that for a while? And he could not hear from God and he could not put together a message. And he's like, Lord, 
They are your gifts. And I ask you, Lord, please return your anointing to me. And God did. They're his gifts. Can you imagine? Wow, she really flows in those gifts of Tiffany. I mean, like crazy, crazy flowing in the gifts of Tiffany. Well, who, who are you talking about? Oh, I'm Tiffany. And she flows in the gifts of Tiffany? Oh, yeah, yeah. Just This is her wheelhouse, man. That's her niche. It sounds crazy, right? If we're that quick to embrace the things that God uses us in, I bet you we're just as quick to not be open to Him using us outside of that. No, that's not my thing. My thing's prophecy. That's, that's not my thing. What you're talking about? Not my thing. My thing's prophecy. That's wrong, guys. That's wrong. There's no scripture for that. And there's nothing wrong with seeking validation. It's just got to be in perspective, guys. It's just got to be in, in an appropriate portion. Every Women, I've, I've told you this before and I'll keep telling you because it's not going to change. I don't care how old you guys get, it's not going to change. Your man needs attaboys. Your man needs attaboys. If he makes the bed right, you mean like, baby, you really made the bed nice. That looks so good. And you're like, I, I knew you'd notice. <laughs> it really does look nice, doesn't it? I mean, little things. I mean, I I changed the air filter in my wife's truck this week. And I'm like, oh, baby, just, you know what I did? And it was easy. It was simple. Now, I did get my hands dirty. I did get my hands dirty. And I, you know, I didn't have to use lava to clean it, but I did have to use a little soap and water. Um, but I changed the air filter. And I texted Brandon, who, who did some work on my car recently on the truck. And I'm like, hey, buddy, I'm a big boy. I changed the air filter. And he's like, boy. And I told Kara, I'm like, hey, babe, just so you know, I changed the air filter in the, uh, in the truck. She's like, wow, you're awesome. And I'm like, thank you. We need attaboys. We need validation. I'm not trying to downplay needing validation, but we get our validation in the arms of the Father. We get our validation from the fact that our God is good, not validation in the ways He uses us. Because then, when we have this season of the valley of the shadow of death, then all of a sudden we feel... What do we feel? What do we feel then when we're not being used in those times? We're like, man, this is just a rough season. I'm of no worth. And we just crash. I'm of very little value because God's not using me and we crash. It's like, no, I have value because my father looked at me and he said, that's my son and I love him. In him, I'm well pleased. And we own that. There's even tests. And I am not anti-spiritual gifting test. Please hear me. But there's spiritual gifting tests where you can take the test to discover your spiritual gifting. How about this, friends? We look at what the power of God just did and the spiritual gifting has become pretty dang obvious. He just used me in that. Will he use me tomorrow? I don't know. But just then, he just used me in that. Does that make sense? I'm not going to take a test. This, and I'm not anti-test. So if you want to take the test, fine. But friends, let's just be open to the Holy Spirit to move in power in our lives and not be preoccupied with what's my gift. That's that's. I'm on the my gift section of my message in case you haven't figured that out. And I don't want it to be our gifts. They're still the gifts of the Spirit. There's a few verses that I think we use out of context. 
And in using them that way, we think things about the gifts of the Spirit that aren't true. I want to read some scriptures. We're going to kind of fly by them. And here's what I'm going to kind of pinpoint. Number one, we think that we have the ability to give our gifts away. I don't see it in the Word. I don't see it in the Word. I believe there's good godly impartation, but I cannot impart to any of you the gift of being a pastor. It's not scriptural. It's not in the Word. Because God gave me that. Actually, He gave you that gift. That's what it says. That He gave to the church gifts. One of them's a pastor. So He gave you that gift. I can't then around and turn and give it. Say, I just impart over you right now the gift of being a pastor. That is not mine to give. So let's go ahead and tackle that one first. Matthew 10.8. We're going to read just a part of that, and then we're going to circle back and I'm read the whole verse and then the verses surrounding it. But Matthew 10.8, the first part of it says, I'm sorry, the last part of it says, Freely you received, so freely give. Freely you received, so freely give. Friends, I want you to know, I've made this exact mistake of praying for someone going, Lord, just as you have freely given me these gifts, Lord, I freely give and I impart this to my brother right now in Jesus' name. And I've used this. I've done this. I've made this mistake. Freely you've been given, freely gift. How many of you guys have had someone pray over you a gift that they have and they've used this? Hey, freely you've been given. So, you know, freely I've been given, so freely I give and I, I now give this unto you. Anyone else? In this scenario, something dangerous takes place. We become the giver of gifts. Lord, you've given me this gift and now I give it on. We become the giver of gifts and not God. What's the danger in that? Who gets glory in this scenario? Who gets glory in this scenario? Me. Man, you guys are so lucky. You got the most awesome pastor in the world. He just gives his gifts away left and right. Right now, Marie, I give you the gift of graphic design right now. Dude, I've had, I've heard it prayed over people. Michael, would you come please pray over Cadence? Because I want her to have the gift of filmmaking. Friends, it doesn't work that way. And I don't want it to. Oh my gosh, I ran into Heidi Baker in the airport today. And I made her pray over me. And now I have the gift of praying over deaf people for them to be healed. Well, praise Heidi. Praise Heidi. And praise you too. Because you're going to clearly pass this gift on to someone else. So praise Heidi and praise you. It's a dangerous slope. It's a dangerous slope, guys. The Bible says that God is the giver of gifts. He is the giver of gifts. Heidi Baker can't come lay hands on me and give me a gift that God gave to her for healing. Praise God for the gifts that Heidi Baker flows in. And praise God for the gifts that I flow in. And praise God for the gifts that you flow in. And I pray that they are ever increasing and that God blows us away with the ways He wants to use us. But friends, there's things we do in the church that are not supported by Scripture. Let's read that passage from Matthew 10 that I read where it says, Freely you've been given, so freely give. Let's read that. I'm just going to read from 6 to 10, and we're going to see within 6 to 10 what the context of that scripture is. But rather, go. 
to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you received, freely you give. Do not acquire gold or silver or copper for your money belts or a bag for your journey or even two coats or sandals or a staff for the worker is worthy of his support. That's the entirety of that passage, guys. Where in that does it say, I can give a spiritual gift that God's given me to anyone else? We use this out of context all the time. The context of this passage matters. The context of every passage in the Word of God matters. Otherwise, I can get up here and throw out any scripture I want, use it out of context, and say anything I want to accomplish. And it's manipulative and it takes place way too often. But not here, guys. Not with us. Not in our lives. Let's not be lazy Christians. The context of this passage is about going. And so how are we to go? It says we're to go in confidence, expecting God to move in power, expecting God to heal, to raise, to cleanse out, to cast out. And I love it because it doesn't say go and pray for people. It says go and heal. Go and cast out demons. Go and cleanse. It's saying go do the work and do it in faith and do it in expectation. It says we must go, that we must go with generosity and freedom. We were given generosity. We were poured into with freedom. So we're to go with generosity and freedom. When it talks about freely you've been given, so freely give, that's what this is saying. Everything, this is Jesus saying, everything I poured into you, I gave freely to you. And I gave generously to you. And I didn't require anything of you. Freely you've been given. Freely receive. And in the context of going, he's like, I want you to know I'm I'm multiplying me through you guys. Go do the work you've seen me do. Go do the work that you have the benefit of receiving. Go. That we must go in trust, knowing that God will meet our needs and trusting the Spirit of God to speak through us. One of the other scriptures that we use all the time in talking about our ability to give gifts are the words of Paul in speaking to Timothy, both in 1 Timothy and in 2 Timothy. 1 Timothy 4.14 says... Do not, this is Paul talking to Timothy, do not neglect the gift you have which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. And then it's referenced again in 2 Timothy chapter 1. For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. See? We can give gifts anytime we want. Paul did it. See, we can fan into flame gifts anytime we want. Paul did it. Told Timothy to do it. Friends, do we get the word of knowledge? Or do we get the gift of discerning of spirits? Or do we get the gifts of the interpretation of tongues by the laying on of hands? Do we see anywhere in the word of God that we get the gift of word of knowledge by the laying on of hands? If not, this isn't, I promise you, this one isn't a trick question. Do we see anywhere in the Word of God where we get these nine gifts listed in 1 Corinthians 12 by the laying on of hands? Because they're given by whom? 
God, through the Holy Spirit, He's the giver of gifts, right? So clearly, Paul is not talking to Timothy about, by the laying on of hands, he's not talking about giving of these spiritual gifts. What is the laying on of hands by elders most often associated with in the Word of God? So there's healing when it says, if there's any among you that are sick, call for the elders and they will anoint you with oil and lay hands on you. So healing. So in this context, do you think he's talking about healing? Doesn't fit the context. He's not talking about healing. What else? There's one other major thing that the laying on of hands by by the elders is mentioned. Leadership. Ordination. The confirmation of a call. And so we look at that, and then we look at the context of that, and we say, Paul is reminding this young pastor, saying, you, you were set in as a pastor to lead this church, this unruly group of people. And I know you're weary, and I know you're tired, but fan it into flame, because it is needed, brother, and your gift is needed right now. You are a gift to the body of Christ. Fan into flame what God has given you. I want to remind you, and it even mentions the prophetic. Through the prophetic with the laying out of hands of elders. It sounds like an ordination service. But guys, we use that passage and we go, well, yeah, there, there you go. You know, Paul's talking about that we can just give all the gifts. We, you guys, I want us, the Bible, when it talks about me being a gift, giving the, the church gifts, the, the, the gift that I am, that the apostolic is, that the prophetic is that the evangelistic is, that the teaching is, it has a very singular purpose, guys. What is that purpose? For the equipping of the saints. For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Friends, that is what I am doing right now. Never should your focus be on this man or that godly woman or that man of God or any man but on Jesus Christ. We like to put leaders up on pedestals for some weird reason. We find security and peace in it. Guys, we find so much more peace and security by letting that be Jesus. Ephesians 4, 8 says, Therefore it says, When he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. What gifts? I've been talking about them. Verse 11 says, He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. You guys, I can't give you any gifts that God gave me. I can't impart to you, being the things, the gifts that God has called me to do. My canchet can't give you the gift of prophecy or my canchet can't give you the office of being a prophet. And Heidi Baker can't give you the gift of healing. It's not in Scripture. Those aren't our gifts to give. Those gifts come from God and He alone is the giver of gifts and He alone should get the glory. So someone might be asking, but what about Elijah and Elisha and the double portion that is, who asked that question? That's a phenomenal question. Let's address that. Didn't didn't Elijah give Elisha a double portion? 
No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Turn to Second Kings chapter 2. No, he didn't. God did. Elijah didn't. God did. Elisha asked Elijah for it, and Elijah responded with this. Ooh, Elisha, you've put me in a tough spot. That's how he responded to the question. See, Elijah asked, said, I'm going away. Is there anything else you need before I go? Is there anything else I can do for you? And Elisha, who is opportunistic, homeboy, praise God for his passion. He's like, absolutely, I want a double portion of all you have. And Elijah immediately responds with, ooh, that's a difficult thing you ask of me. Why? Because it's not his to give. And he ultimately didn't give it. Let's read that, 2 Kings 2, verse 9. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, Please, let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. And he, Elijah, said, You have asked a hard thing. If you guys do a a study of, of a double portion in the Old Testament, it most often spoke of birthright. Birthright. Now, if you look at it in the New Testament, if you look at it in Revelation, actually, it's used really badly like a double portion of pain but double portion of blessing it speaks of birthright and Elisha is asking for a spiritual birthright blessing or a double portion of anointing before Elijah left but Elijah knew that what was being asked of him was not his to give if Elijah could impart all of his gifts to Elisha Think about this. If Elijah could impart all of his gifts to Elijah, what would his response would have been? What would it have been? Money. Done. You got it. Yahtzee. You got it. That's not what it was. It was you ask a difficult thing. It's translated exactly. You have put me in a difficult spot. So Elijah, what does he do? He puts it in God's hands. He's like, well, I can't give it. Let's see if God will give it. Yet, if you see me as I am being taken from you, it shall be so for you. But, if you do not see me, it shall not be so. What does Elijah do? He says, this is out of my hands, so I'm placing it out of my hands. It's now in God's hands. But check this out. The next verse, this is ridiculous. God is so awesome. Verse 11. And as they still went on and talked, behold, chariots of fire and horses of fire, chariots of fire and horses of fire. It wasn't, it wasn't enough that it was just chariots of fire. And I know the song, you know, it's from the movie. There were horses of fire too. And it wasn't just a single chariot of fire. It was chariots of fire. And horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a Holy Ghost tornado into heaven. Do you think God showed up? Do you think God answered to that? Did Elijah do that? Did Elijah do that? Is there like a Holy Ghost Uber that is filled entirely by chariots of fire and horses of fire? Obviously not. This was the moving of God, friends. Elisha got the double portion by God. 
God and God alone gave Elisha the double portion. So now I've listed a few scriptures there that people point to of how they can just give gifts. And and I've been looking and I've been digging. And I did this isn't what I was planning on preaching. The title of my message is the gifts of healing. The gifts of healings. But God wanted this brought up. Church, let's not be ignorant. Let's not be ignorant and let's not do things just based out of tradition. Let's not do things because, well, you're telling me now that when Randy Clark put his hands on me and imparted that stuff to me, that it wasn't real and I didn't get any of it. Well, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying he overstepped his bounds. But God is God. He wants to give good gifts. So he might have, he gave you whatever he wants. You know, when people are being prayed for to, to speak in tongues, there's people that do this. They're like, hey, here's what you got to do. you got to help the Holy Spirit out. So say, should have bought a Honda, should have bought a Hyundai. Should have bought a Honda, should have bought a Hyundai. Should have bought a Honda, should have bought a Hyundai. And you keep repeating that, and, pre- and it turns into tongues. And there's people who legitimately start speaking in tongues because they so desperately want the things of God. And that God honors their hunger despite the ignorance of that person saying, repeat, should have bought a Honda, should have bought a Hyundai, should have bought a Honda, should The Holy Spirit doesn't need our help. And God so desperately, He's such a good gift giver. He so desperately wants to give gifts, He doesn't punish us for the ignorance of men. He sees our hunger and He gives generously anyway. So if you've had things imparted to you, praise God. Just don't, there's no need to feel bad about it. I'm just saying, men overstep their bounds and men receive the glory as gift givers when it is our God. The spiritual gifts that God allows for us to flow in should not be what defines us. The spiritual gifts that God allows to flow in us and through us should not be the things that define us. Too often we see ourselves as either heroes or sidekicks. And they're based on our spiritual gifts. I want to show a video and then I want to close out. I'm never going to get to the gifts of healings tonight. We'll cover that in a couple weeks after Jody's been here and then Daryl Evans has been here. Then we'll pick it back up. Um, but I, I, this this video drives home the point uh, of giftings. And then I want to talk for a minute and then there's one more video and then I'm closing out. So first off, church, let's not be whiner babies. And here's why we don't have to be whiner babies. 
because there are no sidekicks, only heroes. It's not us grading the greater of the gifts and then establishing our validation by by the depth of those gifts. God is the giver of gifts and He is a generous giver. Let's have that one more video and then I'll close. show these videos because I think that's what we oftentimes do. Word of wisdom. Hero. Interpretation of tongues. Sidekick. 1 Corinthians 12.8 Gift of healing. Hero. 1 Corinthians 12.28 Helps or administration. Sidekick. There are no sidekicks. There are only heroes. And let's not take ourselves out of the game because we don't like the way that the game is sometimes played by some people. We can't be like Layla here. When God gives us gifts, we use them. Boldly. Proudly. With expectations and trust.